Today's episode is sponsored by Expectful, a guided meditation and mindfulness app for your fertility, pregnancy, and motherhood journey. It's easy and fun to use as well as affordable. And did you know that science shows meditation can reduce anxiety and improve your relationships? Head to expectful.com slash motherbirth for an exclusive one month free trial just for motherbirth listeners. It was like a punch to the gut and a slap in the face and a kick in the pants all at the same time. I couldn't believe that he was telling me that all this work that I was doing that, you know, no matter what, they weren't even, I said, you're not even going to allow me to have this option. Like, I can't, this is not another paper that I can sign or anything. He said, no, if baby B B remains breach, we will have to get a court order and we will take you back for a C-section. We believe that not just babies are born, mothers are born too. We're your hosts, Lara, a labor and delivery nurse and aspiring midwife, and Melissa, a mother and doula. Welcome to Motherbirth, a space for thought-provoking and inspirational conversations about birth and the deep exploration of what it means to become a mother. Hey everyone, welcome to Motherbirth today. Lara and I are here with a very special guest that we are really excited to have on the show. We have been admiring her from afar for a while. Her name is Amy Griffith, and she runs a business called Exercising Balance, which I'm sure Amy will tell us a little bit more about, but the basics of it are that she provides um, prenatal yoga um, services and videos for women. So Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, and then we'll get into your journey into motherhood. Wonderful. Hi. I'm so happy to be here with you girls. Um, so my my journey into motherhood, um, well, it kind of started, I knew that I was fascinated with um, pregnancy, and then I didn't really know how fascinated I would become with birth until I had my first, my son, he's, my oldest is seven now. And I, my yoga journey began back when I was living in New York City. I was a professional dancer there and I found a yoga practice as just kind of a balance from the hustle and bustle of life in New York City, life as a dancer, the wear and tear that it, you know, took on my body. I needed something that wasn't always go, go, go and pushing me to the max. So yoga was just a lovely complement to that. And um, as I started into my yoga practice, I just discovered how much more there was to it than just really lovely postures that helped to ease, you know, muscle tension and release my low back or my poor calves from tap dancing on a steel stage, you know. Mm -hmm. So there was so much more to it. And I thought, wow, there's there's really incredible power to your breath. And there is also amazing benefit to slowing down. You know, we think of just, I think just our culture and our society now, we always feel like if you're not going, you know, at full speed, then you're slacking or you're just going to be left behind. And it's, it so shouldn't be the case. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yoga opened my eyes to just so many different, um, factors and and it revealed how many layers there were to the practice. So um, I got my yoga yoga certification in New York City. And then I just felt in my heart that I knew I wanted to 
teach yoga to expecting mommies as well. I just felt that there was something really amazing and beautiful about offering this to pregnant women. And like I said, I didn't realize the power in it until I got to experience it myself. So I received um, both of those trainings in New York before my husband and I moved back to our hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, where we started, we were going to start our family. Um, So throughout my pregnancy with my son, my oldest, I practiced yoga and as most mommies know, you first you have just a lot more free time to <laughs> really um, use those self-care yeah. practices throughout pregnancy. And yoga was at the top of my list because I knew how great it made me feel, just that whole mind, body, spirit connection. And throughout my studies, you know, learning just the positive benefits of yoga throughout pregnancy, I knew that it was important to really keep it up. Mm. Um, so Amy, at this point, how long had you been practicing yoga? I began practicing in um, 2006, roughly, and got pregnant with my son in, um, let's see, 2009. So roughly, you know, three years there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I was able to continue with um, just the, the beautiful stretches, the focused breathing that helped me relax. As every pregnant mommy knows, also there are so many, you know, worries and fears and doubts that start to creep up. And one of the best tools that I just kept coming back to was my breath. I would, you know, slow down my breath in those moments of anxiety or those uh, moments where you start to run away from yourself into the future with all the possible what ifs that creep in. And I would take a deep breath. And I would exhale and bring myself kind of back to the moment um, where life is actually happening. And it's kind of sounds silly, but it's the truth. Like we, we are either so focused on the past or so focused on the, the future that we forget to just check in on right here, right now. And I'd be like, okay, everything's okay. <laughs> Me and baby are fine right here, right now. So that's what I need to focus on. And that's what I can and will focus on. So it was kind of, you know, making that choice to bring myself back into the present moment, um, which is one of the other powerful tools that I continue to bring into, you know, my practice as a mom now with, um, with my four children <laughs> that I have now. So, um, throughout my, my pregnancy with my son, you know, yoga was, was a factor. And like I said, those, those tools of, of presence and kind of stillness and checking in on the moment was just incredible to carry me through my birth with him. Mm. I had home birth with my son. We were, it was a slightly unexpected home birth. We were planning to go to the hospital. Um, and a home birth midwife was going to assist us at the hospital as a monotrice, which is, she would basically kind of be like a doula support, but um, she's called a monotrice because she has that expertise of a midwife, but she did not have um, privileges at the hospital to to deliver the baby. So, um, we were so but they were, they were going to allow her to deliver or they weren't going to? No, correct. No, she was just just going to support you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Labor support. Exactly. Um, yeah. So laboring with my son, with my husband, you know, we labored through the night and I attribute a lot of our, uh, you know, progress and me not freaking out (laughs) and saying, Oh my gosh, let's get to the hospital now. Um, to my yoga practice, I also did, um, some of the hypno babies training and kind of, you know, took what resonated, uh, with me from Mm -hmm. hypno babies and, um, that bit of meditation and focus and, um, focus on relaxation, relaxing your muscles completely. Um, so by the time we called our, our home birth midwife to come and, you know, just kind of check on the situation, um, she said, 
there's the head there. Oh, <laughs> I'm wow. feeling the head. Um, and so we were like, oh, shoot. Uh, so she said, I would suggest either going to the hospital now by ambulance because I don't want you to accidentally have this baby in the car. Um, or she had brought her kid just in case. My son was a February baby and it was beautifully snowy. So mm -hmm. she brought her home birth kit with her just, you know, as just as a backup. Um, yep. And she said, I'm, I, I know you guys, I know she was with us throughout our entire pregnancy. She said, I know, you know, that you have a normal pregnancy and how you've been taking care of your body. And, you know, I trust you to do this here if you're okay with it. And I said, absolutely. So we had an absolutely amazing home birth experience with my son. And then I knew without a doubt that we wanted to do that when we got pregnant again. So mm. our second is a little girl. So we've got our daughter and uh, didn't have as much time to focus on all of those lovely uh, self-care bits during her pregnancy, but I still made it a point to do what I could because I knew the power and the benefit of taking care of myself during my pregnancy and not, you know, putting myself at the bottom of the list. So right. Um, had an amazing home birth experience with her and we had our midwife there who was the there same with midwife. Son. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She is a part of our family. <laughs> 100%. She's uh, she's it. amazing. Yeah. Um, so she was there and she always has an assistant with her for um, a home birth. So mm -hmm. even in the kind of last minute decision with my son, the oldest, uh, she called another midwife who lived in the area and she arrived and I, I it was kind of funny. I met her, you know, 6am, like naked in the bedroom. And I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. Here we go. Thanks for coming to help. <laughs> but that's just the funny thing with birth. You start to, it's amazing how it's just never awkward. I mean, it can be, but it's, it's usually I not know. awkward. Like you're naked and there's people. <laughs> and as long as you feel safe with those people, it's like, okay, exactly. welcome. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah. And I mean, I think about that with all my births and <laughs> you truly do get to, you truly go to yeah. another place. Um, in the coolest and most amazing way. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, you're just, you are just in your mama warrior zone and it's just awesome. I love it. I love it so much. And it, it really inspired me, um, also to create my, my DVDs after experiencing that with my son, you know, cause I just wanted to continue to share, um, the power of yoga throughout your pregnancy mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. how that does carry through to your birth. These things that you prepare for during your pregnancy, it's not just about, you know, walking for exercise or, or swimming or doing your low impact work, but there's really great benefit in, um, in the physical practice of yoga and the breath work and also setting those positive intentions, focusing on that positivity, I think set, no, not I think, sets, sets the stage for, um, for a really, it, it can be a really great and positive and beautiful outcome. And it's, I know that birth does not always end in a positive way. I know that the path for um, all of us really is not a linear and direct route, mm -hmm. but, and I'll get to that with my um, birth with the twins, but my yoga practice with the unexpected of everything, you know, helped me to, to process it and to eventually heal from, you know, um, from the unexpected nature of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I think that's so valuable, Amy, and just even when you're saying, so then, you know, she came over and we decided we're going to do this unplanned home birth. And I think for some people, if they, you know, heard the headlines of the story, mm -hmm. would be like, what? Like, well, how did that how happen? Why? That? How does that happen? Well, what? Like, no, there's a plan, you know, and I'm a planner by nature as well. But I think that 
there is that sense of peace and calm, internal calm and confidence. Like you're saying, you trusted her, you trusted yourself, you had been trusting the process that was already happening. So to an extent where you were coping so well that you were like, oh, I think we, we've gone too far. <laughs> we actually can't go to the <laughs> hospital now. And I think, like you said, it's that preparation and that yeah, discipline. It is a discipline and mm-hmm. to really prepare Absolutely. yourself. It's not, it's not just a physical, like you're saying, it's not a to-do list. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to stay in shape. Or this is mm-hmm. how I'm going to stay, you know, or I've read the statistics and this is going to help me do that. It's, it's actually really, really um, submitting yourself to the, the mindset. Absolutely. And, and you, of, of the yeah. positive messages. And you mentioned yeah. um, the word feeling safe as well. And that is huge. Mm-hmm. We, um, mm-hmm. I talk about that a lot in, in the local prenatal classes that I teach is just that, um, you know, how important it is to feel safe with your team. And that allows mama to just open up to the path, you know, that she feels is right. And the path that even if it's, it wasn't in the plan, you know, trusting like, okay, this, this is our path now. And, and I do feel safe with my team. And that is a beautiful gift. Yeah. So I knew without a doubt that my the birth with my daughter, we wanted to have another home birth because I felt so safe with our team, with our midwife who was there with the first. And um, yeah, she, we had a different uh, assistant midwife for, for my daughter's birth. And I was hopeful that her birth would be maybe faster being the second time around. And it was not the case. <laughs> it was, it was slow and steady and it was a little bit more intense. Well, no, it was a lot more intense. She came at 41 weeks and four days. So she had a little bit more time to grow in there also. And she ended up um, being eight pounds, 15 ounces. So I almost had a nine pound baby, which I was kind of shocked at. Um, But we did it because I had the amazing support of, of my team. And that's also kind of the cool thing about home birth is in my head, it's like, okay, I had, didn't have the option of, um, you know, asking for any intervention or assistance as far as that goes. I knew I had to do this and I knew that I could. And one of the beautiful messages that just stuck with me from our assistant midwife at one point where I literally just wanted to tap out like hip pause. I remember I was sitting on the birth stool, which if anyone has experienced a birth stool, they are crazy intense, but they, they make the magic happen. Like she really started to descend and it was just, it just felt really, really intense. Mm. And I just so wanted to tap out. I was tired. Um, I had a cold during that time also. So I was literally like hacking, coughing in between oh, contractions. It just did not seem fair. <laughs> it was awful. Um, and I just felt defeated and, and my team kind of knew it. And I said, or, or the assistant said that you, she just whispered very gently in my ear as those amazing midwives do. They're just so gentle. Right. They're like little angels. <laughs> she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, um, you have all the strength that you need. And I was like, okay, I do. Whether I believed her or not, you know, I had to in that moment. And I was like, I'm like, if you say so. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I did. And then, you know, it was, um, Maybe not that long after, but you know those those intense moments where you feel like you're about to give up. Those are like those turning points, really, where you've you've you know reached another peak. And you're like, okay, I, you know, one one more one more step, one or one step at a time, basically. So, um, awesome experience with my daughter, and even though it was super tough, I mean, looking back, you you just feel like an incredible warrior. Um, so when we found out that we were pregnant with twins. <laughs> We were planning for, for one uh-huh. more. Three is my lucky number. What, and that was not related to any kind of like um, intervention with contraception. That was just a totally yep. genetic. Yep. Okay. Um, 
we were going for number three, I thought that, you know, two just didn't feel like enough. And I said, I just feel like there's room for one more. So thankfully convinced my hubby um, that we could go for three and then found out that we were having three and four. And that was quite shocking. (laughs) (laughs) That's my worst nightmare. Oh my god! I want three and I'm like, that can't happen to me, but you're going to (laughs) convince me that it's great. All good things um, take work and effort. Yes. They, they really do. So, <laughs> yes, it is It is super amazing having the twins now. Um, but, yeah, so we, you know, we were cruising along with our two and um, felt that we were ready to, to try again and got pregnant with twins. And we were like, oh, my gosh, oh, what do we do now? And all I could envision was having another home birth, truly. I'm like, I, I just, if anyone has experienced home birth, it is such an intimate experience and relationship with your midwife from all of your prenatal visits through your birth, obviously in your home, which is your safest space, mm-hmm. um, to the postpartum period where the midwives continue to check on you. It's just, it, I wish that everyone could experience that because it was, um, it's just so intimate during this, um, very raw and life changing experience, you know? Um, so we had planned on it. Our, our home birth midwife, same one, she has caught other sets of twins at home and was comfortable with it as long as we continued to have a normal and healthy pregnancy, which we did. Um, and during this pregnancy, oh my, my yoga was certainly um, a factor uh, helping me survive it. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching, you know, throughout your pregnancy, just kind of watching on social media as you got closer and, you know, it definitely... It definitely seemed like you were you were really, really being so intentional about creating that space and that it, and that it was work, you yeah. know yeah. yeah, I had to slow down like literally, I'm used to being a professional dancer in my past. I'm used to um, really being active, really physical. I was able I really surprised myself at how much I was able to do throughout my first two pregnancies. Uh, twins is a whole different ball game or any sort of multiples. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I couldn't. And I was so grateful that I was, um, you know, such an active person before that. I think it, it helped certainly, but even for mommies that might not be, um, making it a point to move your body in, in the gentlest way is still a benefit. Um, like I knew I needed to continue to stretch out my low back and my hips and to continue with just some really easy squats to keep my legs strong, you know, as strong as they could be as my babies continued to grow. And I continued, mm-hmm. you know, to gain that necessary yeah. weight. It was important for, for their development. So, um, I couldn't imagine not moving during my pregnancy, um, towards probably the halfway point, you know, like the solid halfway point. I couldn't even really walk that much for exercise. You know, I could get around my house and I I thankfully was never put on bed rest. I was really fearful (laughs) of that. So I think that was the other um, reason why I continued to move on my mat. However I could, I would do really easy walks. But once I, you know, got to that point, I I really had to listen to my body even more than I ever did with the other two pregnancies to, um, to slow down and to not push it. And I think that helped me keep the babes in there as long as possible because as um, mommies of multiples, keeping them in is, you know, one of your biggest goals and tasks. So each week that would tick by, I would literally, you know, celebrate that and say, okay, we made it another week closer. And um, we made it to 36 weeks, which was awesome. And 
it's so funny towards the end of that pregnancy too, everyone would say, oh my gosh, aren't you ready to, yes. to have these babies out? And I, our goal was 37 for the home birth. That was, that was our goal with the, you know, hopes that babies would be strong enough at that point, um, you know, to not need any assistance once they were born. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm not ready. You know, I, my job right now is to keep these babies in as, as long as I can. And I know that they'll signal the time that they're ready. So, um, mm-hmm. So we made it to 36 and, uh, I was, I was, yeah, disappointed. I wouldn't say I was a little disappointed, (laughs) disappointed because, you know, like we had chatted that, that power of positivity and that focus and those intentions that you set, I do my best to not take a tight grip and hold on to things, but Mm -hmm. I also do my best to like really revisit that, um, whatever it is that I'm kind of manifesting and, um, to put all that I can. And, you know, as you prepare throughout your pregnancy, I focused so much on those healthy babies and that first baby being head down, visualizing. Yeah. Yeah. Super, um, super powerful stuff. Um, so I was really disappointed that we didn't make it to 37 and visualizing um, that when I called my midwife to say Mm -hmm. that I think labor had started, she came over and checked me and I was five centimeters. And, um, she said, that we should, you know, she suggested that we head to the hospital, which I, um, you know, I agreed and we trust her 100%. That's why we love and support or, you know, love and trust her, uh, completely because she's also safe and makes those, makes the call when, you know, she feels it's best to make that call. So, Mm -hmm. um, our birth story with the twins, I will, I'll try to abbreviate because I I can really get on it. It's okay. (laughs) Just just, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. We want to hear it all. (laughs) Yeah. So we, uh, we had to the hospital and it's funny because I say right, wrote that in their birth story, you know, my third and fourth babies, it was the first time I packed a hospital bag and I was like, I don't know what to bring. So the baby, or my big kids were just to bed. So the timing worked out lovely there, which is often the case, you know, once you don't have that responsibility of taking care of the bigger kids, then your body relaxes. I literally yeah. put the big kids down came downstairs and started noticing the contractions and I didn't really notice them before. And I was like, okay, I think something's happening. So yeah, as we drive over to the hospital, I was noticing every single bump in the road, you know, and I thought, yeah, we're definitely, things are kicking into gear. Um, So once we check in, they do an ultrasound to determine baby's position. And like I said, one of my big focuses throughout the pregnancy was that I had baby A, the first baby closest to the cervix, head down. And if we had A head down, then our midwife felt really comfortable, you know, about first mm-hmm. delivering the babies at home if we were able to. But that B would flip into the, the right position, whether it was breech or also head down. And, you know, we would we would be able to have both vaginally. That was obviously being a home birther, that was my goal. Like I, I was yeah. ready for you're this. You're intending on a vaginal birth if yeah. you're having a home birth. I yes. was ready for this yeah. for sure. I was, I was up for, I don't want to say the challenge, but I was up for, it. I was game. So, um, we check in and they do an ultrasound and the first doc that we met, she says, okay, so B is breech. She really didn't even comment. I don't think on baby A. She said B is breech. So we'll just get you ready for a C-section and, um, you know, get you, get you, mm-hmm. take you back for that. And I was in complete mm-hmm. shock. And because um, you hadn't, had you interacted at, at all with this, you know, this, not that cup, but even with that system at all, like your prenatal care had been entirely with the midwife. So it's not like you'd, you know, seen an OB or anything and discussed, mm. like, if I end up in the hospital with, 
with these twins, this is like what my hopes or plans are. That didn't happen at all. Well, I should clarify that. No, we did actually have some, um, like a little bit of co-care. We had an established relationship with an OB at who Mm -hmm. is one of the docs, one of, oh gosh, at least 12 or I don't even know how many. The the count keeps changing. Um, But OBs that are on call that literally just rotate through the hospital. And that was one of the biggest reasons that I did not care for that um, style of this. Um, Because I wanted a relationship with my provider during this, like I said, this life-changing experience. It's more than just a physical, you know, journey that you go through. There is clearly a huge emotional um, uh, experience to it. So, um, and the connection. So Amy, had she, oh, sorry. Um, had she set that up for you to meet the physicians that you might interact with? Did your midwife set that up or did you guys seek that out? Um, no, I, we, we had spoken about it and I had, I said that I wanted some of that type of prenatal care as well. It just made me feel better to have some ultrasound. Well, to have the ultrasounds of the babies, each ultrasound, you know, just gave me continued reassurance, um, that they were growing well, that one twin, there wasn't twin to twin transfusion. One twin wasn't taking more nutrients than the other. Um, and then mm-hmm. we did, you know, the other blood work tests and all of, all of that stuff. It also helped my husband, you know, to feel a little bit better. He's a physician. Um, so that kind of helped set his mind at ease. So we, we, in our, the OB that we met with, you know, knew that we were planning a home birth and she was on board with this type of co-care. So we did discuss the possibility of, you know, coming into the hospital and, Throughout our discussion, I was always under the impression, and we did chat about this, that um, if we had a head down, then, you know, we would be able to um, labor naturally on our own. And, you know, if B flipped to breach, I was, it's, it's really a matter of the doctor that you have on call, unfortunately, and their comfort level, which I get. And um, if they've had any experience with that. Which it's quite rare, unfortunately. So, um, but as you know, well, as you've experienced (laughs) hearing my story so far, I'm kind of one to like take charge in the situation and to, of course, trust my body. And I had this focus of homework, Mm -hmm. but now, okay, that didn't, that didn't pan out. So here we are in the hospital, but I've still got this BDA head down. So I am going to, um, I'm going to make this happen, you know, um, so that's kind of to give that bit of um, perspective on, you know, what we had learned from the hospital. So this doc that we met, she was, I think, just following the normal protocol of, well, yeah. B is breached, so we're not even going to give this an option um, for you to labor. And here we go. And so I was really shocked and I refused. And she kind of fought back a little bit. And I said, well, um, I said to my midwife afterwards, if they weren't going to let me sign the paper that I was refusing this C-section suggestion, then we were going to just head home. And she said, I would be right on board with you. I was thinking the exact same thing. But in the end, she ended up letting us um, sign this paperwork and allowed us to labor. And um, so we get up to the room finally, and I was quite Hmm. surprised 
to experience a really lovely labor (laughs) for my first baby um, in the hospital setting. I didn't know if I'd be able to really get into the zone and get into my own space, but we dimmed the lights. I had my husband put on Enya, which is our our Mm -hmm. birthing playlist. (laughs) We love, um, you know, love that Enya for uh, for birth. It's just, I needed that calming music and I couldn't have candles. Like I love lighting at home for birth. So, you know, we just dim the lights and I had my team around me and our nurse knew that this was our, our goal and our intention. And it was really quiet and relatively, um, uninterrupted for the majority of the night. And it was surprisingly beautiful. I, I labored in the birth tub and in the shower, they had a big birthing ball. And so I was kind of just moving around with all the things, suggestions from my midwives. Um, so I will say our, our home birth midwife came to the hospital with us and her assistant who was there with our second birth actually. Um, so the two of them came with my husband mm-hmm. and we were, we were all there together. And that first doc that we met or, you know, were introduced to, she ended up really kind of leaving us alone and just checked in with the nurse. And that was just a beautiful gift from her. Even though we butted heads a little bit at the beginning, she, I think just eventually got it that this is what we were going to do and that we were, um, everything she, you know, uh, wanted to continue to check the heart tones. Of course, I refused, um, the, uh, constant monitoring. And I said, I wanted intermittent monitoring of the babies and they finally agreed to that. I had to sign another paper. (laughs) Um, but I said, you know, this is what I want. I do not want them monitored constantly. And I believe that this, you know, is a safe and fine option for us. Mm -hmm. So they agreed to that and even let our midwife, you know, check for heart tones, the nurse and our midwife, um, they, they did do that, which was really lovely. So she was able to kind of participate (laughs) in that a bit. But um, yeah, that's great. I mean, there are so many times where you have a hospital transfer situation and, you know, any any good midwife is going to stay with you, but they don't always get to like really have a role in your care other mm-hmm. than just kind of like whispering in your ear and, you know, massaging your back. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's so lovely that they were able to really, really kind of maintain that, you know, almost primary role. It was so nice. Yeah. And it was just a lovely message of, OK, we're we're shifting, shifting the plan, but we're now we're a part of your team. And, um, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we labored through the night and I started to feel a little discouraged that again, I thought this would happen a lot sooner (laughs) or faster. I was like, okay, third time around now let's do this. And, um, the morning came and we, we checked into the hospital. I'm trying to remember it was around probably around 10 PM or so, or maybe closer to 11. And, um, we knew that the doctors would be uh, switching shifts at 7am. And I see that the sun is starting to come up and I'm like, just a little discouraged that things hadn't moved a lot, a little bit more quickly than I had anticipated, but I still continued to hold on to that. My mantra of trust. I was like, I trust my body. I trust my babies. And it was something that I had to continue to repeat to the medical professionals there (laughs) when, you know, they Mm -hmm. were urging me along. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, we have no emergency right now, especially at the beginning when they wanted to whisk me off to the to the OR. I said, we have no emergency. I am mm-hmm. not, I am not creating one right now just because we have a breech baby. That is not an emergency. I'm sorry. So we continued to have strong yeah. heart tones through the night, and um, morning came, and the the doctors switched their shifts, and that's when the whole game changed for whatever reason, which I don't know if I'll ever get the the true answer to, but um. 
thankfully, um, my midwife mm-hmm. suggested, you know, cause again, I was hitting that point of little discouragement. She said, well, do you want to get, try to get back in the tub? Cause I was in bed at this point trying to rest in between contractions. So I said, sure. So I got back into the tub and that was like my protective bubble. I was literally in a safe space there protected by the tub and my midwives mm-hmm. and my team in the water. Yeah. And, uh, the new doctor comes in and he sa- introduces himself mm-hmm. and, um, he says that he hears, you know, that baby B is breech. And if baby B continues to be breech, then they will, they demand a C-section and I have no other option. And I didn't know that I was literally half an hour from pushing out my baby at this point. Um, I was that close. So, you know, I had transition and water. Mm-hmm. in that totally raw and emotional stage, that is just, you are your most vulnerable. And it was like a punch to the mm-hmm. gut and a slap in the face and a kick in the pants all at the same time. I couldn't believe that he was telling me that all this work that I was doing that, you know, no matter what they weren't even, I said, you're not even going to allow yeah. me to have this option. Like I can't, this is not another paper that I can sign or anything. He said, no, mm-hmm. if baby B, B remains breach, we will have to get a court order and we will wow. take you back for a C-section. And is he and saying that he has discussed this with the previous, you know, the, the doctor who'd been on shift previously, or is he just like being authoritarian and yeah, yeah he's not like really discussing it with you? No, no, it was all, yeah. And I go ahead. I was going to, I will say, you know, I no idea these people or the situation, but what it sounds like from my experience working in the hospital is that, like you said before, uh, the different physicians had different comfort levels. And even, even the provider you had met initially was not, it was not her comfort level or his comfort level to manage the way you wanted to be managed, mm-hmm. but they were a little bit more compliant. Maybe they had seen of, right. you know, a, a combination of Vertex and Breach before or knew that they had people on their team that they felt comfortable with. And maybe this provider was the opposite. Right. Maybe they were never open to it, never trained in it, never exposed to it, or the opposite. Maybe they have had, you know, a story that or they're not comfortable with. And so it's very like you, ex- like you, exactly how you explained it. It was almost like the sun went up and the sun went down. Like there's no arguing when it's a new doctor who's on, yeah. who's in charge. Oh yeah. And as I continue yeah. to revisit it, that's exactly it. I'm like, if he would have gently come in and approached, <laughs> he literally stood there. I am naked in the tub. Hello. Nice to meet you. Here I am naked again, naked in the tub. And he stands there with his arms crossed and delivers this flat out with, you know, no compassion behind it at all. And I keep revisiting. I'm like, if he would have said, I wish we could do this for you, but I am not comfortable. I have never, yeah, I've never blah, 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 right. blah. That would have shown that he look, is trying to see it from my perspective. It, there was no, it, it was the way it was all handled and delivered that was really, really just wrong and bullying. It was complete bullying. They, I, they wanted to take charge of the situation. Yeah. And again, like I said, I'm like, we had no issues through the entire night. There was no little signal or alarm warning or anything that went off that would have been the reason for him to switch this. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was a complete shock. It was just his personal agenda or, or perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And the new team, it was the morning crew came in and there, so then he delivers this, then he leaves. Um, and another representative from the morning crew, I can't remember exactly who she was. She tells me, um, 
that our the assistant midwife, not our not our home birth midwife, but her assistant, would have to leave. That we were only allowed two people in the room, even though she's been there with us the entire night. Mm-hmm. Uh, says that she will have to leave, and now I have to transfer to the OR to continue my labor and birthing there. Even if even if I birth these babies vaginally, that I, at this point right now I will have to transfer to the OR. And I put my head down in my arms as I'm like, you know, leaning on the edge of the tub. I put my head down and I just allowed myself to cry because I knew that that was going to be a good thing to help baby start to move down even more. I'm like, okay, this emotional release is good. Let it happen. I was so, so upset though, obviously, and just like defeated because I had already told them I did not want to, um, you know, labor in the OR. Who wants to have a, who wants to labor in the OR? Sorry. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. So like I said, I was so grateful that I was in this tub. It was like my barrier to them. And I just put my head down and it kind of in my head, I was like, if I ignore them, maybe they'll go away and just leave me alone. So she comes in, delivers this news. Then more people come in. (laughs) This morning crew comes in. It was like, we were, we were the buzz that they needed to start to wrangle in and gain control of the situation. Um, with no emergency happening at the moment. So everyone's buzzing around. My husband now is quite upset and he starts talking to them. He's a physician at this hospital. Um, so not in the same department, obviously, but um, he starts talking to them. And your husband is a physician at this hospital? Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my midwife notices me and I start to get my first signal that I was like, in my head, silently screaming the biggest yes that I could. I felt my body um, wanting to push and I was so happy. Mm. So I don't say a word, anybody, of course. And I um, give my first. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to secretly <laughs> burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talk amongst yourselves and argue about our situation and I will do my thing over here. So um, All right. Right. <laughs> I feel that first purge and right. I'm like, yes. So I give, I give my first push and I feel my water break. I feel the little pop, which I was surprised to feel, even though I was in the water. It's just kind of fascinating that I felt it there too. Felt the little pop. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. And that's when my midwife clued in and she said, are you breathing? And I quietly whispered to her that I was pushing. (laughs) And all she did was lay her hand on my shoulder. And she also did not say a peep as um, she was there to support me. Um, So... Mm. I gave an, I, I wait for my body. I know that these urges come and go along with the t- contractions. And I just waited when that other second push came, I bear down. I'm trying to be as silent as I can. And then the nurse in the room notices and she says, are you okay? Are, are you having the baby? And I just nod my head. I couldn't even say anything. Cause I was like totally in my zone and I was making this happen whether they wanted me to or not. <laughs> So I nod my head and she's like, okay, okay, we need to um, get you out of the tub. Let's, let's um, try to get you out of the tub. And I just shook my head. It was, there was no way I could. The pressure was so intense. There was, baby's head was right there. I couldn't. So I gave another push, a third push, and I'm screaming my head. I'm just like, come on, baby, come on, baby, please come out. Mm. And nothing. And I, with my oldest two, I pushed for like an, over an hour with my son and close to two hours with my daughter. And I knew that this time around that this could not be the case. I was like, this has to happen now. Yeah. There's um, no way that they're going to allow you no, to push for no. an extended period of time. Yeah. So that third push, I'm like, come on, baby. Then nothing happens. I let my body rest. They're still buzzing about me. I gave one fourth and final push and he comes out of the water and or, uh, out of me. <laughs> I reached down and I oh pulled him gosh. out of the water. I felt like I felt like complete warrior and I lift him out of the water like that moment was 
is one of the greatest moments of my life. It felt amazing to first of all, birth my baby in the water and lift him up with my own hands. Like I hadn't done that with my other two. So that was freaking awesome. And then to show them that I just did it. (laughs) All of the doubters. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, here's this, here's this baby that just came out of my vagina. This is possible. You know, we can do this. Um, So I lift him up and I was like, baby's here. And it was just the funniest thing because instantly (laughs) they get on their walkies and their phones and baby in the water, baby in the tub, baby in the tub. Because in this hospital, you are allowed to labor in the tub, but not birth. Uh-huh. And but not birth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, so You're just I breaking am. all the yes, rules. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I know. You, you are, though, like a nurse's nightmare. I know, I get it. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and I only laugh because I feel like these stories do occur. And... Very commonly, it is these exact circumstances where it's kind of like, well, you yeah. shouldn't have let me get in and there. You shouldn't have let me get that baby in there. You threatened me with a court order and you're telling me I got to move now. It's not happening. So, hey, if I would have, I might have played by the rules if they didn't yeah. throw all those things at me. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what, what a difficult set of circumstances yeah. in general. Yes. <laughs> just, it does make me laugh because I feel like this is, this is, you, so uniquely yours in so many ways, but I mean, I feel like there is definitely that that space you're talking about where you're kind of like, you guys are so concerned yeah. with something that I'm not concerned with. Mm. You are so worried about something that is not an like you said. I think you said this is not an emergency. What if, yeah, like I'm safe, mm-hmm. and and the babies are safe. Yes, they yeah, were so, so focused on all the possibilities of the future because that's what they're training gives them, which I completely understand, Mm -hmm. but it's like, hello, can all of you take a deep breath and check in right here in this moment? And we have no emergency. If we do, let's assess that. And then let's move forward. But right now you are throwing out all these potential what ifs. They they said at one point throughout the thing, you know, if I didn't have the intermittent monitoring and they're like, well, you know that your baby could die if we don't catch this. And I'm like, just stop. (laughs) You know, we, we are okay right now. We are okay. Um, so yeah, I, that baby a and we did it and it was amazing and they got on their walkies and baby in the tub and it was just a little comical but um they my husband says he's like did you even know what we have and he said we have a boy I didn't even look because I was in complete shock of course um so we had our first little boy and um they cut the cord (laughs) and tip took baby you know check them out and everything and I knew we still had work to do for baby b so I was ready I was like okay yeah, what is that like? I mean, I I have, you know, I have birthed three babies and I can't imagine what it's like to have birthed a baby and and not be done. Like what what does that feel like in that moment? Aside from the fact like you're in this hospital situation where they're not going to let you birth baby B, aside from that, like what does it feel like to not be done? You know, I was one totally wondering the same thing and how in the world am I going to have enough a stamina for a second birth and what if it takes another hour because when we were planning our home birth I'm like what if it takes another hour or two but um you have when you birth your baby you know once you are pushing your body kicks in with adrenaline which is your body is so amazing mm-hmm. it's also why I just love teaching pregnant mamas and reminding them how incredible their bodies are and we go through this amazing transformation um, with all of the hormones that kick into gear during our birth to that's why um, generally you know a natural um, unmedicated birth 
afterwards, mama, you know, she might be exhausted, but she's got that boost of adrenaline and she's just like totally in awe and amazement of what her body did. And she's like on highest alert, you know? So I was on high alert and I didn't even notice any sort of fatigue in that moment. I knew adrenaline was coursing yep. through my body and I was like, okay, I have to, my job now is to get baby be in a better position. So we, we very gently after they, you know, cut the cord, we, um, she said, we have to get you out of the tub and onto the bed. And so we carefully got out of the tub and walked over to the bed, which is also very vivid in my memory. Um, and because I definitely wasn't standing up that soon after any of the other births, <laughs> you know. Right. So they helped me over to the bed. Um, we do an ultrasound and B has now flipped transverse. So he's lying sideways and um, I know that that's no good. So I said, okay, what can mm-hmm. we do? And at this point, I felt finally they were on my side. There were two new docs that had introduced themselves in the morning crew and um, they were there at bedside and we, I got onto, um, I got onto my knees. They lifted the back of the bed up so that I could kind of lean my arms on the back of the bed to just maybe have gravity help. You know, I didn't want to lie on my back. I wanted gravity to help baby descend a little bit. Um, we waited for a few more contractions and, um, checked baby's position again, still transverse. They asked me if they wanted, if I was okay with them trying a version, um, to try to get baby to turn. And I agreed to that. I just wanted anything. And I, in my head, I was like, even if this baby's breech, you know, I'm going to find a way to push this baby out. Um, mm-hmm. but I said, I can't, obviously can't do it with a sideways transverse baby. So, um, they try a version and that was not comfortable. That was, you know, really, really awkward and painful at times, but it was like, okay, whatever you need to do, let's, let's try to make this happen. Um, and the doctor that's doing the version says that he feels, uh, like a pike position with baby's body, like hands and feet pointing down. And I thought, oh, great. That's not good, obviously. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So um, at this point, um, mm-hmm. it's maybe about, you know, 20 minutes. Are you still contracting at this point? Off and on, yes. You're still contracting? Mm-hmm. Off and on contractions. Mm-hmm. And they're not anything too intense that I can really remember. Mm-hmm. But then, unfortunately, I start to feel urges to push. And so I communicate that to the team. I tell them that I'm feeling these urges to push. And I'm trying to hold back. I obviously don't want to encourage baby to move even further down with hands and feet pointing yep. down. Um, so I communicate this to them. They do another ultrasound. And, you know, they say, Amy, this is... We, we strongly suggest they're like, please listen to us this time. You know, we strongly suggest that you agree to a cesarean now. And I said, I looked at, I remember looking at um, my husband and our midwife who are both nodding at me, like with wide eyes saying like, yes, we need to do this. Um, and I said, okay, I, I trust that now is the time to make this call. And yes, I agree to it. Um, let's do it. You know, so unfortunately, you know, that was. And how much time has elapsed since you delivered baby um, probably close I would say probably close to half an hour okay. um because they were born about um they were born about an hour apart and okay. so once I agreed to the c-section um because baby's heart tones remained steady there was there was no issue there I didn't feel like it was a crazy rush to get to the OR we calmly they calmly prepared for it I'm holding back the urges to push which is not comfortable but um mm. Right. They they prepped things. It was a really smooth transition, and they were so respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I also took away that I was just really grateful for was that they never, I never felt like they gave me an "I told you so" you know feeling um, behind any of their 
discussion afterwards. You know, it was, they were very respectful. Even the doctor that came and threatened us Mm -hmm. with the court order um, spoke to me in the OR and said, you know, I'm sorry that this was not your plan, but um, I hope that you're, you're feeling okay with the decision. He kind of, you know, apologized and, you know, just felt badly that it did turn out this way. And um, I did feel respected in that moment, which I'm grateful for. And thankfully the surgery, you know, went as, as well as it could. Um, mm-hmm. Vaginal delivery is way easier in my opinion, or in my experience to recover from than the surgical birth. Um, but it's funny, I, I tapped into my yoga during that birth experience also. And it was part of, mm-hmm. I was part of the birth experience. I had my focal point on this little screw in the ceiling and I just continued my study breathing. And even though I was I was um, sad and I, you know, kind of had to mourn a little bit of, you know, what didn't end up being a part of our birth plan. Um, I kind of, I allowed myself to be sad, but I had to continue to trust that this was, this was our story and this was our journey. And um, this is how our, our fourth little boy needed to be born. So it was, you know, it wasn't easy. And even, even after the fact, it took me a while to, and I, I still, you know, have moments that I'm healing from it emotionally, but um, Mm. I do come back to, to that sense of trust in, in our journey that, um, you know, we, we don't know what is to come in, Mm -hmm. this is just in our lives in general. And it's how we kind of handle those, those either setbacks or those detours or bumps in the road with, um, kind of just the open mind that, okay, here we are. Once we're presented with, once we're presented with the, the experience or the decision that needs to be made, how, how we handle that is, is part of our, part of our process. So that's how our that's how our twin birth ended up uh, <laughs> unfolding, and now we've got four wild and crazy kids in the house. <laughs> so the twins are the twins are um, nineteen months now, and they're giving me a run yeah. for my money. They're super busy, but yeah. and they get into way more than the others ever did. So um, I. I utilize as much yoga as I can, but guess what? I still lose my temper and I still get mad. <laughs> I still feel, you know, like I'm treading water and lost at times. And, um, you know, am I really doing a good job? Mm. I mean, we all, we all, I think, doubt ourselves along the way, but um, I, I just come back each time to the fact that, you know, mm-hmm your life unfolds in the way that it is meant to, whether it's good or bad. And all of those experiences obviously, you know, shape the person that you are. Um, and, uh, if you, if you are loving your children, you're loving yourself along the way, it's really the best that you can do, you know? So, um, I guess that's, you know, just kind of of my philosophy now and how I, how I handle all of this, this wild and fun roller coaster that is motherhood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it, it feels motherhood feels something we always talk about is that the stakes feel so, so, so high and, and, you know, it's impossible not to acknowledge that they are in, in some ways, but it's also very, very common for us to overinflate those stakes and to really feel like there is, you know, that we're constantly failing and we're constantly not, you know, instilling enough that we want to in our kids or, you know, showing up in the ways that we want mm-hmm. to. And I, I love what you just said, loving, loving our children and loving ourselves along the way. I think that that's just such a beautiful thing to distill it down to because every day is really nothing more than just that. 
Yeah, yeah. it all comes down to love. Exactly. And if that's all you've got, then you're winning your day. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. All the extra stuff is is great and, you know, can be like a little mm-hmm. icing on the cake. But when it comes down to it, I've had so many of my mommies, you know, throughout my classes ask, um, you know, how is it adding another child to the mix? And, you know, how do you how do you love and give each one enough attention and like there are times that I that I can't and I don't you know in those early stages when you've got a newborn your newborn requires so much of your attention and um you mm-hmm. have to be so gentle with yourself and trust that you are doing the best job you can and you know you're you're yeah. not going to be able to check off all the boxes and say okay I read I read books to this one today and we worked on shapes and colors with this one today and you know some days are true Mm -hmm. some days weeks months even years for some people (laughs) you're in survival mode and you you must um just remember to be gentle with yourself along the way and um yeah just leave with love and in however Mm -hmm. whatever that means to you so love towards your kiddos and and certainly love towards yourself as a mother I love that so much, Amy, and I feel like something that you've said so um, graciously to yourself and about your own story and can only imagine as a big part of you loving on moms is just, the like you said, even with your pregnancy with twins is finding ways to do gentle mm-hmm. movements. And and I oh, feel yeah, like that's, that's the essence of, of your story, too, is that you've had you've had that in so many different iterations between what is unexpected, what is planned, and what is something you could have never written um, ahead of time. And I'm interested to see, so you, you said you moved back to Pennsylvania, that's where your primary practice is with moms, you're doing birth classes, you have videos, um, what is something you're doing right now you're really excited about? Uh, yes, I, so I teach locally here in Erie at a studio, um, it's called Yoga Erie, and we I offer prenatal yoga classes to mommies there. We also have a postpartum um, like fitness workshop, it just helps to discuss with mommies um, safe practices once they're getting back into some exercise after baby. Um, but it's funny, a lot of that discussion that we have in the postpartum workshop is so much about self-care practices yeah. and reminding mommies that they're doing a whole lot already. <laughs> and I know how good exercise feels, it, you know, physically and emotionally. It's really, obviously, it's a, it's a boost um, to our endorphins as well. So I know how, how helpful it is along the way. But I think we sometimes get caught up in the fact that, you know, like I said, we have this go, go, go mentality. And um, you can exercise and have it be gentle and have it be really beneficial to your body and your mind and your heart as especially in postpartum as you're healing. Um, but it's just so lovely. My postpartum, um, workshops are just a lovely way to connect with these mommies that unfortunately are missing a big piece of that puzzle in their postpartum journey. Because as I discovered, you know, in, unfortunately in, in the OB setting, those postpartum visits are so quick and they don't even, scrape the surface of, you know, what a mom could be really going through. So, um, it's just lovely Mm -hmm. to connect with the mommies in, in that way. And it's what I try to, you know, kind of share throughout my social media posts for the mommies that I can't connect with, um, in a one-to-one, you know, one-on-one setting. Um, just those reminders, you know, to, to continue to take care of yourself and to get lots of rest and that, um, this time can feel like survival mode, but it it is temporary. And, you know, um, there's a lot of great things that you can continue to be doing for yourself that are are gentle and easy to, you know, help you to feel a little bit more, a little bit more Mm -hmm. like yourself again. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so can you tell our listeners where they can find you and what 
kinds of things that someone who lives anywhere might be able to utilize? Absolutely. Yes. So I love posting on Instagram and Facebook. I have on Instagram, I'm Amy uh, underscore exercising balance. And on Facebook, I'm Amy Griffith exercising balance. Um, My website is exercisingbalance.com. And there I have um, as much inspiration and um, Amy-isms as you can get to just give mommies (laughs) encouragement um, and support and guidance on their journey through motherhood. So I have my prenatal yoga DVDs on there on my website and my postnatal yoga DVD. Um, And I also have the really lovely option where you can stream the videos instantly as well. So I love being able to reach out to mommies um, literally across the world with the instant streaming option um, across the world to offer them, um, you know, that just that opportunity to move their body, to breathe, to feel good, to just find presence in this moment and to recognize, like I said, that they're doing a great job and that in this moment, um, everything is okay, you know? So um, that's just, it's just one of the great benefits Mm -hmm. of, you know, this, this online community that we have to be able to reach out to other mommies in this way. It's it's very special. Absolutely. So we will share links to all of that in our show notes so that people can easily find you. Um, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I think this is going to be one of our, our most epic episodes. I just, I'm, I'm just envisioning and will envision for a long time that scene where you're like pushing your son out on that fourth push and just (laughs) secretly. (laughs) It's so amazing. Well, thank you for, um, for the work that you do in the world and for sharing that gift with women and for sharing your story with us today. Thank you ladies for doing what you do. It's just, it's beautiful thing to, you know, just share stories. It's, it's so lovely. So thank you for, for offering this platform as well. Absolutely. We love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for listening to Mother Birth today. If you want to be a bigger part of our community, you can follow us on Instagram at motherbirth.co or connect with us on Facebook where we have all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate us in iTunes, which allows other people to find us and helps the show to grow. I think it goes without saying, but Mother Breast is a personal podcast created by Lara and Lisa. It's intended as general information. It doesn't constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with your primary care provider with respect to your medical care. If you're pregnant, planning on becoming pregnant, or in the postpartum period.